0: Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of Skewed and Reviewed Skewed Cast. I am Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at sknr.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, travel, entertainment, pop culture, and more. And you can also catch us on BJ Shay's Geek Nation on KSWFM. We simulcast on our page. We also have a network of newspapers, Pinal Central, P I N A L Central.com, keyword skewed, where you can catch our game reviews. We have our quarterly magazine, and of course, we're syndicated to great outlets like Sci Fi Radio, uh, Open Critic, and much more. I am joined, as always, with Justin and Michael, and we have got a lot of news. And I know everybody likes to say that each week oh, we got this and that, but believe me, there is a lot of great stuff and the potential for something even bigger to come as we are recording. First off, I want to knock out a couple of uh, games that are out right now. First one is Monico's Night Market. We have uh, some video going up on the site very, very soon. In fact, it should be loaded um, by the time you guys hear this, but it's available now for the Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5 at a very attractive price of $19.99. And uh, it's a colorful uh, craft uh, cat game. Uh, It's got an Asian theme to it. And it is a game that came out earlier in uh, in September for the Nintendo Switch and the PC. So now it makes its way to the other consoles. You play as a curious girl who's just arrived at her new home on a struggling Japanese-inspired island at the base of Mount Fugu. And there is some issues with the locals worshipping the sun cat and much more. So a lot of stuff to try. It's fantastic for all ages, and I do recommend it for those who like a more casual gaming experience. Another game that is out now uh, that you can play on Steam is the Iron Oath. That is a turn-based tactical RPG. And uh, the fate of the mercenaries uh, that you control rests upon your decisions as you command uh, a group of soldiers for hire. And uh, so basically you customize, recruit, manage your operations wisely, and embark on perilous missions. So, for example, if you like turn-based games like XCOM, like Jagged Alliance, this will be right up your alley. Another one that you want to give a shot um, trying, if you have either the meta or... The PSVR 2 is Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord. I played the opening mission of this recently and absolutely loved it. It was so detailed that as I'm walking, I could even see my shadow moving and adjusting. You have to use, uh, you play an entirely different set of Ghostbuster characters. Set in San Francisco, I had to, you've got your PK meters, you got your proton pack, you have uh, new modified traps that you can throw out and retrieve automatically, which was great, and I really enjoyed it. The only problem I had was that I misplaced my Proton uh, Accelerator, and I'm in this battle, and I am desperately reaching behind my back trying to find out where I hid the one because the other two things are at my waist, invisible. But after a little bit of grabbing, I was able to eventually find it and take down uh, the first bad guy. And, of course, there's customizations and all kinds of stuff with it, and I'm really enjoying it. It's kind of fun to, you know, I've played the Ghostbuster games on consoles and PC, the, including the recent one. This is really fun to do it from a VR perspective, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to seeing what else there is. So we got a lot of stuff going on this weekend, and of course, there's a lot of movies coming out as we are recording this. There are some rumors that the uh, SAG after strike could indeed be winding down. There were some that were saying that, um, you know, there could be an agreement tonight that isn't going to happen as we record this. Uh, but we do have that they've met again for another day that there have been reported very constructive steps toward a settlement and that, um, While no one's talking officially, it's understood that progress is being made in closing the gap. They're going to meet again tomorrow, and they hope that they can close this up because we've been hearing from some sides that essentially they need to try to wrap this up by the first week of November, which, you know, is it this Friday or is it Veterans Day? There are some saying if they don't get an agreement by then, they're going to shut down all talks through the end of the year and essentially that would basically doom a 2023-2024 television season. But, you know, they're talking. We'll see how it plays out. Um, You know, for example, the Hollywood Reporter said talks were continuing today with the deal in sight. Variety said progress is made, uh, but they're going to meet again the next day. So we'll see um, how it all plays out. A lot of good news. But in the meantime, there is a film coming out this weekend on Hulu, which I'm very uh, excited to see. Uh, we'll have our hopefully have our review up uh, soon, but it is a comedy film called Quiz Lady, and it stars uh, uh, Sandra Oh and Aquafina, along with Jason Schwartzman, Tony Hale, and Will Ferrell. And it is about a game show obsessed woman who must uh, work with her chaotic sister in order to pay off her mother's gambling debts by uh, essentially any means necessary. So um, I'm very curious to see how it will all play out. What I've seen of it has been absolutely hysterical. We are hoping um, to get it uh, finished tonight, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, gentlemen, so lots of stuff going on. I've talked enough for right now. Michael, why don't you kick us off and tell us about what's going on with San Diego Comic-Con, because we understand there's some big stuff happening.
1: Yeah, so for all, all those who are, were in attendance last year, um, they're actually opening up the early registration, which will take place on Saturday, uh, November 4th. And what that early, what that does is it gives you an opportunity to get into the queue to, quote-unquote, win an opportunity to... Uh, to uh, buy some tickets, right? So like the uh, standard um, queuing for those who were, were in attendance last year, um, those will get to do it a week earlier than um, the others. Uh, it still kind of follows the same format, but a little bit better opportunity, again, the opportunity here is for those in attendance to, again, have a better opportunity to regain tickets uh, this this year uh, that went last year. So, yeah, it's just an opportunity for those to um, who enjoyed the – Enjoyed the opportunity to go last year to give them a the first shot at tickets. Um, you have to be able to log into your account. Um, you have to be queued up, I think, by 9 a.m. Pacific time, I think is when they the it goes on sale. Traditionally, what happens is you sign in. If you're lucky, you'll get placed in a queue. It'll tell you kind of, you know, whether tickets are sold out, which days are still available um, for these pre-order tickets. For those who miss out or don't get an opportunity to get them this weekend, then I think next weekend is the other opportunity for those who are the new the new attendees um, and gives them a second opportunity to do that. So, again, in the past, uh, we haven't had much luck on the, the, the returning tickets. All of ours have always come with the um, not gone before tickets, uh, but we're going to hopefully get some uh, this weekend when we get an opportunity.
0: Yeah. Now, we don't have uh, news about when Press registration is opening. Usually that opens up sometime uh, after the general public is taken care of. So these are two entirely different setups. But for those who attended Comic-Con last year, obviously this is your first chance to get it. If by chance you don't make it in this time, you always have the opportunity to go in with the general uh, crowd and take your chances. There's also, you know, uh, ebay sales stuff like that that they have down the line i'm expecting a really big show this year because we're going to have the writers back it's very likely barring an absolute disaster uh, that by next summer we are going to have the actors back and actresses and really go from there so uh justin i know uh a lot of other things going on this weekend as the as we're launching this show blizzcon's kicking off this afternoon uh, what are you expecting and what are you hoping to hear about?
2: Yeah, so what I'm expecting, there's definitely going to be something World of Warcraft related. Um, world, I'm not really, uh, I haven't really been a World of Warcraft player myself, but uh, I I just feel pretty strongly. I think there have been some leaks that uh, so kind of suggest that there might be something World of Warcraft related, or at least rumors. Um, so probably another expansion. Uh, and, and likely, uh, I, I know they've kind of split off World of Warcraft into kind of like two um, two basically sections. There's kind of a, like a reboot of like going back to the classic uh, and they're kind of going down that line, kind of refreshing the old content. Uh, so there's probably going to be some announcements there. Um, like, likely a new expansion for the main, uh, the main game uh, as well. So probably a little bit World of Warcraft heavy would be my guess. Um, I think that there's a really good chance that there's some Diablo 4 news as well. So probably news about the third season. The second season is kind of underway right now. And it's, there's been kind of a big focus for Blizzard uh, and their marketing to kind of uh, get people interested in, in Diablo 4. I think there's probably going to be some information about uh, their next season. Um I kind of I'm hoping for it might be a little soon just because the game came out recently, but it would be a, a kind of a neat surprise to see something related to the expansion. We know that there's going to be I think at least one or two expansions for Diablo 4, um, so it would be it would be cool if there was a, a teaser for uh, whatever expansion is coming. Um, in the in the I'm not sure exactly if it's going to be next year or the year after that uh as to when it's coming out i guess that that would depend on um that would definitely affect whether it's going to be announced at blizzcon this year or not uh other than that you know i I think just the i'll throw in the the wild bone out there just uh maybe something starcraft related who knows
0: uh Mm -hmm. i
2: highly i highly doubt it but uh it would be uh it would be a neat surprise if something starcraft related was announced but uh if it's going to be a safe year, then it's probably going to be uh, pretty centered on World of Warcraft and Diablo 4.
0: Michael, your take, please.
1: Yeah, I'm going to pretty much echo that. They tend to announce new or upcoming expansions to World of Warcraft. I mean, it's amazing that game is still going after, what are we at, 20 years? Not Maybe yeah. not, well, probably a little bit, maybe a little bit more than 20 years. Um, it, it just kind of goes to that how that art style was really a smart choice for, uh, for blizzard and the fact that they've been able to maintain that game i mean i think they were talking about a world of warcraft 2 like 10 years ago but i don't i just don't know that there's any real need i don't think a lot of people are clamoring for that so you know i kind of i don't expect any any news on that but again i would expect potentially some um you know maybe another another expansion that continues that um because the expansions have been pretty good going forward with that um, you know, probably something with Overwatch 2, maybe a new character. I think that's been kind of the rumor. Um, still trying to get its footing. Uh, that game hasn't seen the success as the original Overwatch, but I think it's getting better. I, I personally haven't played it since it was in beta, so it's been a while. Um, but I expect we'll see something, you know, maybe maybe along those fronts. Uh, again, you know, I think we will see more about Diablo 4, I don't know, Season 3, Maybe we'll see a cinematic for an upcoming DLC, but again, those seasons, they tend to be um, pretty much kind of leaning heavily on those as well. So I think it'll be pretty safe. I doubt we're going to see anything new, maybe any new IPs. I know there's been talk about potentially some stuff in the works, but I haven't really seen any rumors to expect that. Um, Again, maybe we'll see uh, you know, some, again, World of Warcraft where they go back to some of the... um, the original gameplay, but I think even that's starting to get to the point where it changed. so it's not even any um, even the, the legacy stuff is starting to, to merge with the, the current stuff. So I don't even know that we'll see that. So I think yeah I think it'll be a pretty safe bet. I, I don't know that we're gonna see any major um, news. Obviously they're probably you know announced the you know the whole um, Xbox Blizzard um, you know Xbox purchasing them. The other thing, of course, will be maybe we'll see something about Game Pass, of games coming to Game Pass, but we've been told not really to expect anything about that till next year. So I, I would expect it will be pretty safe, honestly.
0: Well, the great thing about it is I actually have a breakdown of what's scheduled here. Uh, one of the things that I am thrilled about is that they're actually going to stream the ceremonies for free. In the past, you had to, except for during COVID when you had to go online, get a digital ticket if you wanted to watch it online if you weren't there in person and you know we used to cover it all the time uh not going to get into all the politics but essentially uh, a few years back their uh, pr firm they were using the emphasis was placed on streamers and influencers versus press so it made it harder and harder and we just said you know what and then you know as people remember those were the years where there was Not a lot of announcements. They had that one year where the only thing they announced was really the mobile game, which was essentially a reskinning of an existing game. Uh, So this is what we have. Friday, November 3rd, opening ceremony. It's scheduled for two and a half hours. So I'd I'd like to hope that they have some big announcements uh, during two and a half hours. Uh, World of Warcraft, what's next at 1.30? 2.30, a deep dive on Overwatch. 3.30, World of Warcraft Classic what's next hearthstone what's next and warcraft rumblings ironic that they choose to have three different warcraft segments on november the 3rd and if that wasn't enough they do another world of warcraft deep dive on saturday uh so it's kind of like geez you have four warcraft uh segments now i know of course some of it's probably going to be recapping what was done the day before for the people who couldn't watch who couldn't be there, but very interesting. Overwatch 2, what's next? Diablo 4, Campfire Chat, and then, of course, Community Night and other things. So, you know, for me, I always try to focus on the um, opening ceremonies because my mentality is the other stuff's good and you may have deeper looks and that sort of thing. That's great. I like to know, hey, this is the announcement. This is what's coming. Uh, So I'm very curious. I mean, like you said, StarCraft, we could always wish. and You know, remember good old StarCraft Ghost? If they dust that one off the fireplace, uh, that would certainly be a lot of fun. But we will have to see. It is going to start off this Friday. So everybody uh, give a listen and we will find out. So, gentlemen, we have lots and lots and lots of Disney news going on right now. So let's start with some of the fun stuff. Uh, Disney has officially taken full control of Hulu for $8.6 billion. That makes them the 100% owner. As you know, they had basically were the majority owner. They got Fox's stake. They'd acquired some, and Comcast was the only person uh, an entity that had one outstanding. But they had an agreement that they could essentially buy it uh, in full by a certain date. They've apparently done so for a lot of money, and of course, um, you know, they're trying to get their streaming service going. We've heard how they're essentially, Hulu is looking to be integrated in the United States with Disney+. Michael, you start us off. What do you make of this?
1: So I don't think this is too much of a surprise. I think we all saw this coming, and, and realistically, Disney's kind of been in charge of Hulu since the whole... They kind of took the majority ownership of it. Um, again, a lot of the, a lot of the ABC um, shows are already on Hulu. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say so many, much of the Disney movies because, again, most of that is maintained um, on Disney+. Plus. But, yeah, it kind of gives them a little bit of a foothold into the, the network side of things, which is what Hulu's always kind of been. It um, yeah, also is a better place for some of the more... Mature rated movies that maybe don't fit very well on Disney Plus. Uh, So, you know, I think, I don't think there's anything, any big surprises here. I think that we expected this uh, to come about. It'll be interesting to see how going forward if they maintain Hulu and Disney Plus as two separate services. Um, Mainly because I can see that could be a little bit uh, difficult maintaining two full services um, but again they've been kind of doing that already since they took the majority stakeholder in it in the first place so um, they could continue just to split it up with hulu being more the television network side of things whereas um, disney plus is more the disney movie type of things so yeah I, again I, i'm hoping what this means is um uh, you know i've always kind of thought and i, I think i've been proven wrong so far as i i thought at some point a lot of these streaming services would start eating each other to a point where we would be back to maybe three main contenders, um, you know, so that we could start hopefully cutting down on some of the the costs of, of maintaining all the streaming services. But so far, that really hasn't happened. What we've seen is in some cases, even when they've merged, they've maintained two separate services, or some of these services have, you know, basically stayed in existence longer than we thought. I mean, Paramount Plus was one of those. Where it was, you know, DC, and then it became Paramount Plus, and we kind of wondered where that would go, and and now we're seeing a lot of really original content and stuff that's really um, made that a strong contender with um, streaming services. So yeah, yeah, we'll see what the what this holds for the future. I wouldn't expect any major changes in the near future, but maybe down the road something will will come out of that.
0: Justin, your take, please.
2: No, I definitely think that's a smart strategy on their part. I think uh, that we've, like Michael said. This has kind of been on uh, the, the status quo for a while. Disney has basically controlled Hulu entirely, and it, it kind of makes sense that they're going to keep Disney Plus as basically uh, their primary brand. Uh, they're very protective of, of what uh, Disney means to people, so they're probably going to put their their main uh, in-house Disney content uh, on Disney plus while other, while other things that they might own, but they might not want the Disney, uh, logo on the, on the content, like it, like an alien TV series, um, would, would go on Hulu. Um, it just, it just makes sense that, uh, there's certain things that they own that they might not want that Disney brand, uh, you know, front and center, uh, that way you know when people see it at a glance, they don't associate uh disney with with particular uh things that they own um not to say that you know that they're uh they they see it negatively, but you know it's just one of those branding things that they might want that the it keeps their options open on on how they uh um how their brands look so it, it does make sense that they'll they'll continue down this route with uh Hulu basically being. Um, a subsidiary where they can kind of push different content uh, out and uh, and have uh, uh, basically
0: two two places where people can get Disney uh, content. It is an interesting point and it's very interesting because with the news that was coming out today there is some really it's kind of like You want to say it's a step forward, and some may see it as a step back, but I think there's a lot more to it. As we're recording this, we've had a teaser for uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now, tomorrow, which uh, for most of you will be one day before you actually get to hear the show, they're going to release the full trailer, so it'll be very interesting to see how that looks. This is the first Planet of the Apes film that has been done under Disney's control. Since they acquired Fox, very, very curious to see how this plays out. Now, uh, we had a little bit of news earlier today, and I'm going to give you guys some backstory on this because it leads into the bigger discussion. Uh, they're basically saying currently Deadpool, the new film, don't, does not have a title as of yet. Uh, no big surprise. You know, it's essentially being referred to as Deadpool 3. Some people say Deadpool versus Wolverine. They're essentially saying, hey, we don't have a title yet. You know, they only were partially uh, done with it. Now, uh, the interesting news, and this is where we get to some of the negative stuff, and I do want to stress this is all opinion and not our opinion. I'm just reporting some of the stuff that is out there. Uh, So what apparently happened was there was some narrative going around that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is in trouble, that it's not doing as well as it used to, and that there's all these issues and, you know, the effects in Ant-Man weren't as good, and that, you know, the Marvels isn't going to do very well, and that, that, you know, they're panicking because Jonathan Majors has his legal issues to deal with, and that the finale for season two of Loki kind of paints them in a corner about what are we going to do with... King the Conqueror, and we already have this Avengers film, and it's all, you know, speculation. Well, Variety had done a series of, a, a did, did an article, and they were saying that the issues facing Blade almost got to the point that Marshawn Ali, who is, uh, uh, sorry, Marshall Ali, walked away from it. Uh, essentially, they talk about the projects going through five writers, two directors, a shutdown six weeks before production. Somebody said uh, one of the scripts literally was a, narr- a female-driven narrative, filled with life lessons, and Blade was relegated to the fourth lead. And that stuff like this led to um, Ali basically saying, "You know what? Maybe I don't want to be doing uh, Blade after all." Uh, they've apparently got Logan and Blade Runner 2049 writer Michael Green working on a draft. Uh, but the flip side is they're working on it with a budget of less than $100 million, and it's going to pull back from the big Marvel spending. So before we get to the next part, gentlemen, we've heard the other parts of the story is that there was consideration that Doctor Doom would essentially take over as the big villain with uh, Kang, you know, Jonathan Majors being in limbo, and that. They've even gone so far as to consider uh, bringing back the original Avengers lineup for another film. Now, that is interesting because a couple of them have said, you know, yeah, I'm pretty much done with it at this point. Very grateful for what we did, you know. But getting in shape is very difficult at my age, so on and so forth. Uh, And of course, obviously, they're going to be leaning very heavily on having the X-Men and Fantastic Four. They apparently, now that the writer's strike is over, these are two very active things they want to push forward. Michael, start us off. What do you got here?
1: Well, a couple of things. I guess I'll start with the last one first. Um, I think when you start talking about bringing back original cast, and let's not forget, um, spoilers, I'll go ahead and, if you haven't seen the original Marvel movies, I'll, I'll stop and let people... Press pause or fast forward or whatever, but let's not forget Captain America is old, um, very old at this point in the in the universe. Iron Man is dead in the universe. Um, the uh, Black Panther is dead in this universe, um, you know, and and you know Thor and other ones. So I, I don't. Oh oh yeah, and don't forget that um, Black Widow is also dead in this universe. So pretty much all the original Marvel. Uh, uh, Avengers, the original ones are dead or um, right. gone or you know, or something. So, and, and let's not forget everybody's a lot older, uh, you know. Again, from an actor's perspective, yeah, I think bringing back the original cast to, in a, to a movie might sound like a good thing for nostalgia, but I think you're throwing in the towel um, with Marvel when, once you do that. Uh, again, you, you, other it, it would be yes, I realize. Superheroes are never truly dead, yada yada. I get that, but I think it would be a, I think it would be a very difficult thing to try to tie that back together. Um, the other thing that I that I I think we've been talking about with this, um, ever since Endgame and, and this new um, phase in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, none of the movies have really tied much together. Um, to a big baddie. Yes, I realize Kang and Conqueror was, you know, we, we, they focused on him in Loki, obviously in an Ant-Man. He was a, a villain. Uh, I know that was kind of the big baddie, and I also understand, but now I think to try to reverse course and bring Doctor Doom in as a, oh, well, that wasn't really a big baddie, when Doctor Doom hasn't even been really spoken of in any of these leading to the, these series... I think that's going to be a difficult transition as well. And, and I, that's always been kind of my, my problem. Uh, let's look at Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Good movie. I, I liked the movie. Wasn't a great Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. And that's been true with, I think, a lot of these. They're great standalone movies, but none of them really build upon each other. I mean, yeah, loosely. Um, you know, Guardians obviously didn't. Um, there's a lot, they, they build on each other loosely, as in they're all Marvel characters. But unlike the first uh, iteration where each movie had an end credit that built onto the next one coming up, really took the time to introduce um, Thanos, really kind of built upon each other. This, and I think this is part of the problem, I think why the movies aren't as successful is they literally don't, you don't really have to see them. For that continuity to 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 get, to get understand what's going on from a continuity perspective, which is pretty much the opposite of, of the other movies. You go back to the original ones, they all, again, each one of them had some point where it tied together into a greater story arc, and this series just does not have that. Not to say all the movies are bad. I mean, the movies have been, I think they've been good. They haven't been great like the original Iron Man and some of those uh, previous ones, but again, I think um so maybe maybe some superhero fatigue setting in maybe just um you know general disinterest in some of the characters or maybe just other things that are going on that are unrelated to that uh but again i i don't think uh, i don't think they've been building enough on each other where i feel like there's a continuity where they all kind of blend into one big epic which is kind of how the first set of movies went so again i'm not saying that you know any of these are in trouble Um, Blade sounds like it's in trouble I think um, I was pretty excited in the direction that was going but now it sounds as though that's kind of put the brakes on and potentially um, could end up with a better script but this could also be one of those things where they have announced it they move forward and then they decide to cut their losses and not release it after all or they relegate Blade as some secondary character in maybe another Marvel movie or something else where they can kind of tie them all together I don't know but I, I think again, generally speaking, it, it's not having the same effect that the the initial one had. And again, there's a lot of factors to that. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's in trouble or that the movies are going to fail. But I think general, generally, it just hasn't been strong this particular phase.
0: And Justin, your take, please.
2: Yeah, I agree, and uh, I think this is, gets to be a little complicated because, or, or I, I should say, it, it's multi. Faceted, um, or mono, it's not mono so I know there's a lot of narrative around uh superhero fatigue. I do think that's a thing, I don't think that it explains a hundred percent of what's going on. I think, uh, so I guess let me sp- uh, step back real quick. So, there's a few things, uh, so one caveat, like, like you you mentioned, um, take it with a grain of salt. Some of this is, is rumor, uh, some of this is basically. Uh, either opining or speculation from um, things that have uh, unfolded behind the scenes, but um, what we we do know that the Blade movie has been in trouble. We we know we do know that it has been delayed at least once, and um, it's been reported before that there um, has been uh, some script work done, um, and that uh, I, I think that it had also been reported before that. Uh, uh, Marcella Ali uh, did step or was considering stepping away from the project at one point. Um, so this this does kind of coincide with a lot of uh, of information that we already knew about, um, and it is kind of troubling to hear a little more detail about you know some of the directions that they were kind of considering. Um, you know, and I, I do think that kind of lines up with some tropes that we have heard that we've kind of seen with more recent uh, movies, um, you know, where you might not have as much of a focus on the titular character. I, I think that that's kind of a troubling sign. Usually, uh, if a, if a movie is named Blade, then it really should be primarily focused on Blade and not someone else. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think one of the issues that the, the MCU has, and I, I really, I mean, I don't think it's like one of the I don't think it's something that's like a death nail or or anything like that. I just think it's a it's a uh it's a struggle that they'll have to overcome, which is which is how do you kind of steer this ship into a new era? I think that was always gonna be a major challenge after Thanos um, not least which of which because uh, Th- you it's hard to do the same thing again as effectively. So Thanos was built up over a very long period of time over the course of many movies um, and it, it took, you know, a good decade and a half uh, to, to really kind of build him up um, very meticulously from movie to movie and it really, you know, it wasn't like, oh, you know, Thanos is front and center um, in Iron Man 1. I mean, a lot of those the scenes that kind of built Thanos up over time were very short and relegated to, you know, uh, either a, a a small reference in the movie, or most of the time it was in the uh, in the after credit scenes of, of various movies. I kind of just built it up over time, and then his presence started to become more uh, uh, more felt throughout the stories, and it was very natural. Uh, I think trying to do that again was always going to be a very Herculean task to try to build up another Thanos, um, just because one you have to kind of uh lay those seeds all over again um but also just uh, even attempting to do that again even if you were to do it the same way uh there's always the argument that it's just that the second time you try to do something is just not usually going to be as effective unless you have a new a new unique take on it um so that i think that was always going to be difficult um, and then you kind of couple couple that with the you know just the it was obviously something that that Disney or uh, and and Marvel were, were not going to be able to predict, but the the issues with the actor I think is uh, uh, also very unfortunate. So, um, I think they're kind of in a state of flux now of of where do we take the series? Um, so you have issues with trying to build up your new villain, and then you also have some issues with the. Not not to say that there's anything wrong with the the current cast, but I I kind of tend to think that the the first line of Avengers actors that have really kind of pushed the MCU from phase one through to phase uh, to to the through the Thanos Fanos phase um, they were just a little more um, effective at at doing what they were trying to do so. Uh, I, I think it's it's been kind of a challenge to kind of build up this new set of actors to try to fill those shoes, which were very big shoes to fill. Um, so it, it's kind of a challenging time for them, but uh, hopefully they'll they'll eventually figure it out.
0: You know, and it's very interesting because next week I screen the marbles. And um, obviously I'm not going to spoil anything here because the simple fact is, A, I haven't seen it yet. And B... I don't know a lot about it. I mean, we saw a little bit of a teaser at uh, CinemaCon. We've obviously seen the trailers. I mean, we know that who the primary players are. But, you know, in terms of who is the big villain, how does this set into things, is all of it set in the past like the original Captain Marvel was, or does it jump between past... You know, a lot of questions. And some say is this a failure of marketing or is this a simple fact that they're saying we're confident enough that the Marvel name will draw people in and we're going to do okay with this. There were some saying it was tracking to be one of the worst Marvel cinematic openings ever, but then in recent days apparently there has been some backlash from people saying, well, you know, like Marvel films are not cinema, that sort of thing and apparently it's trending upwards. So You know, we'll see how it is. It's going to be very interesting because, you know, we have uh, Disney's Wish to screen soon. We also have the other Disney Fox film, uh, Next School Wins, which has been, you know, waiting for a while to come out. But it looked hysterical. And then shortly after that, we have The Hunger Games. And on a quick note, uh, Lionsgate's not involved with the studio block that is uh, currently in negotiation with the actors as such they were given dispensation to go ahead and do full promotion for the film. So you are going to see the actors and actresses from Hunger Games Ballads of Songs and Snakes out doing a premiere, out doing the talk shows, out doing the interviews. That is actually going to be very interesting because I think all of that is going to boost the bottom line. Uh, Moving on, gentlemen, I wanted to briefly discuss, and I want to very clearly uh, address that this is just a rumor at this time. But uh, we've talked a bit about some of the issues that was going with Warner Brothers and um, HBO Max and the consolidation. I, I won't name names, but I could say a representative that I have dealt with on one of their uh, sides Uh not only at conventions, not only day-to-day, probably, oh my goodness, probably better part of 13, 14 years I have uh, been dealing with this person, uh, told me that they were recently laid off and that the person who laid them off right after he laid him off got laid off themselves, all part of a cost-cutting move over there. Well, now we are hearing rumors, and I do want to stress rumors But coming from an ex-employee, and I'll I'll try to uh, make this very simple, and uh, this was on Dark Horizons and various other um, outlets. There was an article that arose in Rolling Stone magazine that uh, an ex-HBO executive filed a wrongful termination dispute with the company. Now, one of the... um, Claims that this person had is that the company would hire people to go online and push back against fake reviews. They he specifically pointed out that they would go up against TV critics who had posted tepid reviews of HBO titles like Run, The Nevers, Perry Mason, and these people would literally go on and challenge them. Uh, this is not the first time we've, we've had companies from Microsoft to other studios be accused of hiring people to essentially try to mitigate negative online uh, things. Uh, Justin, what do you make of this?
2: Yeah, I, uh, it's these these kind of tactics never work and honestly it's such a huge risk to even try to do something like this because when it inevitably gets uh, you know reported on like someone eventually figures it out or you know, there's a, there's a lawsuit or whatever and this comes out into the public the the negative reputation and the embarrassment that you get from this being revealed is it has way more effect than you're ever going to get from trying to fight uh, negative reviews online. It's just you're, you know, if if a bunch of people don't like uh your a particular show or movie, you're not going to really mitigate that by trying to engage directly with those people online. And I know that it can be very frustrating. Um, for a lot of content creators, video for video games or shows or movies or whatever, whatever it may be, uh, sometimes a lot of those get targeted for um, by basically campaigns of people that might not be engaging with the work in good faith. They might be, uh, they might have some kind of ulterior uh, reason for for targeting something for negative reviews and that can be very frustrating but even trying to engage with that directly never really works and it always seems to backfire um i I just don't really see what they gain by attempting to do this um other than you know obviously the embarrassment of of it eventually being revealed
0: in public michael your take
1: yeah and i agree i mean one thing they can't really do is i mean review bombs are a thing anyways right so even if they or to go after specific outlets that were giving negative reviews, or they were doing stuff like that. It, sadly, in, in today, I mean, even the best movies or the best games and that stuff can be review bombed out into, out of existence, anyways. So even if, if you know, even if they were successful at one or two outlets, um, you know, threatening them or, or requesting them to change their reviews or whatever, right, to put, put out something positive ultimately at the end of the day there's a lot more resources that people turn to when it comes to reviews and and getting things so that even if everybody has a glowing review and something scores a ninety-eight percent of rotten tomatoes because everybody's being is afraid to, to write something negative doesn't really translate at the box office because again there are a lot of people that are not necessarily affiliated with some of the major press or or some of these things that are reporting on it anyways and, and again the influencers and those type of things they're not the ones that are going to be targeted for this so ultimately as Justin said if it gets out it's even worse for them because they, they will be review bombed and probably review bombed on every upcoming movie or, or release in the near future until people forget about it because that's what people do these days right or wrong I mean it's it is a thing so you know again I don't really know that it would be beneficial for them to do that again not saying they don't try and I'm not saying that other studios out there don't do the same thing Um, games movies I mean we all hear about you know people that get maybe get benefits for good reviews I mean they say they aren't supposed to do that but we know that happens but at the end of the day I don't really know that that translates into a successful box office
0: that is definitely going to be an interesting uh, thing to follow uh here's a very interesting bit of news that came down right as we were uh getting ready to go supposedly it could be announced as early as tomorrow again uh t- day before you folks will be hearing this by and large but word is that six flags and cedar fair who own knott's Berry farm and various other parks are going to merge and they're saying the deal could be announced as uh, soon as tomorrow, and there are questions like, for example, will not still be called Knott's Berry Farm, or will it be called Six Flags Knott's Berry Farm, that sort of thing. Uh, all these questions are out there. They, uh, Forbes magazine, several other legitimate outlets have reported this. They've also said they've reported, they've reached out to both the companies for comment. There is no comment, but Six Flags stock price uh, jumped 6%, and uh, Supposedly, it's not the first time they tried to merge. There was some talk uh, about a year or two ago that SeaWorld attempted to purchase Cedar Fair, but their offer was declined. Uh, There have been some speculating that Cedar Fair, which owns uh, several parks throughout the U.S. and Canada, uh, essentially either wanted out of the theme park business or at the very least wanted to share it with someone uh we'll, we'll go with you michael you were the most recent one other than myself at knots what do you make of this
1: uh i don't know because six flags in general has been declining pretty rapidly over the past several years i think theme parks i mean i think amusement parks in general are kind of going that route um that's not to say that there isn't a benefit to having a larger corporation you know that owns um a stake in in knots to kind of, cut it's i don't know how knots to be honest, I'm, Knott's is one of my favorite places, so I'm I'm glad they're doing well. There have been times I've wondered how they've survived through all the various economy-type issues, uh, again, that, that normal amusement parks, and then obviously the Six Flags brand does carry um, some recognition. Um, you know, Six Flags Magic Mountain is already there, so I can imagine if they're going to do that, it would become Six Flags Knott's Berry Farm, but again... Uh, what I've seen recently with Six Flags in, in general is that they're, they're, they've been in pretty much in decline for several years um, with a lot of their parks. Uh, I don't know if that's because you know, COVID maybe has, has something to do with that. I don't know if it has to do with management of those parks. I don't know if it has to do with the location of some of those parks. Um, most recently, Six Flags over Texas, which was huge when I lived there, um, and they also had, a, you know, they used to do concerts and everything. I know they've been struggling for a while so generally speaking uh, you know if it helps not stay around that's great but I, I just don't know that you know you, you kind of open yourself to a lot of corporate issues that go along with that and potentially mismanagement so it could be a bad thing. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens.
0: Yeah, Justin, do you have a take?
2: No, I think Michael pretty much summed it up entirely. It's it's one of those where there's going to be some some pros and cons to it. Um, some consolidation, but uh, you know, there's there's always the increased risk that now that it's under basically one roof, there's uh, you know increased chances that there's some some uh, some things can go wrong. So mm-hmm. we'll have to kind of hope that uh, things work
0: out for for everybody. Yeah, it, it's a very interesting one because Knots does have a very, I would say they have a fairly vibrant community, is- Michael, and they do seem to be doing. Uh, Well, you know, the hotel is almost always uh, fairly full. The park is generally very full. Um, Halloween Horror Nights does exceptionally well. They've got the holiday stuff coming up ahead. Um, You know, part of it is where it's located on the the far side. But I could say that we honestly have kind of just kept our focus uh, between Knott's Berry Farm, Disneyland and SeaWorld. Uh, and, and, of course, obviously Universal Studios, because Valencia is a bit further of a drive. Uh, it's been, oh, wow, probably 14, 15 years since we've gone to uh, Six Flags. But uh, like Michael, when I was stationed in Texas, I used to go to Six Flags over Texas a lot. Um, I was just at Knott's a few weeks ago. Uh You know, planning on going back again in December uh, when we go over to California for a concert. Um, I got to say, I'm kind of mixed about it. On one hand, I go, okay, if this is going to bring, you know, assets, if my season pass all of a sudden lets me go into Six Flags Magic Mountain, maybe that means I, you know, need to take a day and head up to Valencia, that sort of thing. But if it becomes a, okay, let's close down this, it's not making money. Let's close down this, it's not making money. Let's get rid of this. Let's raise season ticket passes and then cut down the benefits. That's going to be a problem. And if, like, the PR people and the people that we worked with at the hotels and all of that start going away, that's a problem. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, and I know this is kind of the the time of year, but right now it says uh, the Grand Sierra Railroad La Revolution, Montezuma's Revenge, Woodstock's Airmail, Accelerator, Coast Rider, and Pony Express are all scheduled for downtime and maintenance. And then, of course, there's all the rumors about Montezuma's Revenge that they redid Fiesta Village, that they were going to have this big, massive remodel, pretty much a reconstruction of Montezuma's Revenge as its centerpiece. And then we started to hear rumors that that wasn't going to happen and the whole thing may be scrapped because of a problem with the contractor, that sort of thing. And here we are. It's not open on time. There's no work being done on it. Who knows? But, you know, my take on it is they just finished what I think was an extremely successful, uh, not scary farm. And people are already excited about next year. The annual passes for 2024 have already been uh, put on sale. People are snapping them up. So, you know, they're getting ready for the holidays. A lot of entertainment planned. Uh, and we'll see. You know, I, I would like to think that it might be a case of adding some stability uh, to both sides. Uh, I hope as long as it's not a case of things are going to be taken away, uh, that in the end it will be a good thing. Time will tell, folks. Time will tell. And that is going to do it for us tonight. We hope you have a fantastic week ahead. Be safe, and we will talk to you very soon.